morning, church. Church, I'm going to invite you to stand as we worship together.
praise God. Is this microphone on okay, yeah? Yeah, thank, thank God for that. What a lovely time of worship and praise. What a lovely time spending around the house in the presence of God. Um, before um, I bring God's word tonight, I would like to just, um, I guess I'd like to pray first of all. And before I pray, <clears throat> I would like us all to do something. I, was, well, I would like us all to stand in the presence of God as we come to prayer tonight. Let's just all stand in the presence of God. And after we finish praying, just for a wee second, just stay standing. Let's just pray and ask God's blessing upon his word. Our Father God, tonight we thank you for the lovely time of worship and praise. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit here in our midst. And we praise your name. And we pray as we, we turn to your word that, Lord, your word would be blessed. That, Lord, your word be anointed. That the name of Jesus would be lifted up and truly glorified. Just bless us all tonight in your presence. We pray, O oh God, as we go from here tonight, we would say it was good that we were here. For here we met with the Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep standing. Now. I want to ask you all a question. Don't want to embarrass anybody, but I want to ask you all a question. If you've ever done anything wrong in your life, if you've ever done anything from you were saved, you've ever done anything wrong in the whole of your life, I want you to do something. I want you to be honest, and I want you to sit down. Now, take a look around, everybody. Everyone is sitting down. Oh, sorry. Don't <laughs> make any difference tonight. Everyone is sitting down. Why? Because we have all done things wrong in our lives. Every single one of us, no matter who we are, we all make mistakes. We've all done some things wrong. But tonight we are in a place where we can be forgiven. And thank God tonight there was one young man, one man here tonight got saved before the service. Thank God for running. Praise God. God is moving in this place, no doubt about it. Thank God. Even before the service started, Young man gets saved. And Ronnie, I recognize you as a young man. Praise God. Tonight, I want to look, we're, we're continuing on the series of the highs and lows. And I want to look at the highs of lows of a man in the Bible called Philemon. Uh, it's not a very, um, this thing works here. This is my problem getting computers to work. Lovely. Great. Thanks. Thank God for Pastor Matt. Thank God he's home. <laughs> the highs and lows of, of, of Onesimus. Onesimus was a, young, a man in the Bible who we read about, uh, written by the, um, to letter the, the Apostle Paul. Onesimus was found in the book of Philemon. The Apostle Paul writes two epistles, two letters to the church um, where, where uh, Philemon was and, and Colossae. He writes the book to the Colossians, which was to the church, and ge the general church in, in Colossae. And he writes a very personal letter to a man who he knows very well, a man called Philemon. Philemon, who was the pastor of a house church in Colossae. And he writes this letter and he sends the letters with, uh, to, with a man called Tychius. And Tychius is, goes to, um, to Colossae, to the house of Philemon, and he hands over these two letters to him. And he brings a, another person with him, another man called Onesimus. Now, that's a wonderful story in the Bible. We, 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 if you don't know anything about it, it's a wonderful story to study. But let's just um, continue. Let's just read the book of Philemon. There's only 25 verses in it. It's a, one of the smallest books in the Bible, one of the smallest epistle. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, and also to Apia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God all 
as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a testimony. I hear about your love for God, for his holy people, and their faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your, your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of God's people. What a testimony. This man, Paul says, refreshes the hearts of God's people. I wonder if the Lord could say it about you and me tonight. Therefore, although in Christ I would be bold and order you to do what you ought to do. Now, that's a very important verse. I want to get that verse. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do. Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now has become useful to both you and me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me, so that he could take your place and help me while I am in chains in the gospel. Another important verse to focus on. I'm keep, I'm keep, I would, would have liked to keep him here with me, that he could take your place and help me while I am in chains. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that my favor to you would would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from me for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, Welcome him, uh, him as you would welcome me. If he has done anything wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one more thing. One thing more. Prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you and answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my, fa- my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And also to Mark, Articus, Demias, uh, and Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is a letter that Paul writes to this friend of his, a man who we know who is um, as, as a Christian pastor in, in, in Colossae. There are three main um, per- people involved in this. We're, we're looking mainly at the life of Onesimus, but there are three main people involved in this book. One is the Apostle Paul, one is a very wealthy Christian man called Philemon, a pastor, and Onesimus, the runaway slave, meaning useful. That's what, that's what his, name, his name means. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, a Pharisee whose life's goal was to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. But Jesus himself appears to Saul on the road to Damascus, and he is gloriously saved. He has then the face those who he persecuted and tried to persuade them. There is no longer a threat, but he is a true believer and has been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has to prove to the church that the church can really trust him and he is one of them, a brother in Christ. You see, I want you to get the picture tonight about Paul. Paul went about persecuting the church. He, put, he, he threw people into prison. He was there when they stoned the first martyr, Stephen, to death. They laid their coats at this young man's feet. He was there. He persecuted the church. And here, as he's going to Damascus, the Lord Jesus appears to him as a bright light. 
And the, the, the voice appears from heaven, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul replies, Lord, who art thou? And the voice says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. And the, the apostle Paul realizes that Jesus is the Messiah. He realizes Jesus is the Savior and accepts the Lord as his Savior. But Paul is stricken blind. He can't see. And the Lord Jesus says, Now I want you to go into Damascus to a street called Straight, Straight Street. And there at the home of a man called Ananias. Go to that house and he will pray for you. Get the picture church tonight. The apostle Paul persecuting the church, arresting people, having them killed, having them beaten. Here he goes to the, church, the house of Ananias, uh, uh, one of the leaders of, the, of, the, of, the, of the, the church. He wraps the door. And Ananias opens the door. What do you think this man's feeling would be? He sees the Apostle Paul there. Think of the fear he might have felt. The Apostle Paul who persecuted in the church. And Paul says, no, listen, I'm blind. I have met the Lord on my way to, on my way to, to, to Damascus. And, and the Lord spoke to me and I've trusted him as my Lord and Savior. He told me to come to your house and you were to pray for me. Ananias brings him in and prays for him. And he opened, his eyes are opened and he sees and Ananias knows that he's saved. Now Ananias has to take this man. The man who has persecuted the church for years. The man who has done many terrible things to the church of Jesus Christ. Ananias has to take this man. And where has he to go? To the churches in the area. Right around the area. Just imagine the feeling. The church is maybe hiding away in fear. Afraid of being arrested, afraid of, of being taken to prison, and they're hiding in fear and they're having the prayer meetings and they're having the Bible studies, and the door rubs and they open the door and they're standing before them as Saul of Tarsus. Think of the fear, think of how they must have felt. And Ananias would step forward. Do not fear about this man. This man, Saul of Tarsus, has been saved. The Lord has forgiven him. And now he is, he is following the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were able to trust Saul of Tarsus. You see, um, we're speaking about, and this whole book is about forgiveness. It's about forgiving things that people have done. But you know, there are two, there are two prongs to forgiveness. One is forgiveness, actually forgiving someone, which I think is the easy part. But there also there's trust. Will this person, if I forgive them, will they do it again? Can I trust them they won't do it again? And that must have been the feeling that these people at church would have when they saw the Apostle Paul. They maybe saw, well, how do I know that he's saved? How can, I, how can we trust him? And Ananias would stand forth and say, listen, he has been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And the testimony of Ananias would prove that Saul could be trusted. And eventually his lifestyle would show that he could be trusted. That's the Apostle Paul. Then we come to a wealthy Christian pastor called Philemon. Philemon was a wealthy believer who hosted, was pastor of the first century church in Colossae. In his home, we read it in Philemon verse 2 about Apiphia, our sister, Archippus, fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Paul says, I'm writing this letter to you, Philemon, and to your wife, and to your son, and to the church who lives in your home. And the apostle Paul says that he actually wrote the letter and he says this, I, Paul, write this with my own hand and I will repay it to say nothing of you owing me in your own self. Paul was saying to Philemon, you owe me in your own self. In other words, Paul was the one who led Philemon to the Lord. He was the one and, he, and Philemon became the spiritual son of the apostle Paul. And, and Paul spoke, Paul, Paul said, you owe me your own self because he was the one who led Philemon to the Lord. He writes again in verse 5. Because I hear of your love and of the faith that you hear you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. Philemon had a testimony. 
He had a reputation of loving God, of having great faith in Jesus Christ, and having love for all the saints. What a testimony to have. And this testimony will go near and far. And then the Apostle Paul writes again about him in verse 7. For I have derived much joy and comfort from you, your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. The hearts of the saints have been refreshed through the work and the, and the ministry of this man, Philemon. What a wonderful testimony to have. But you know, something, something went wrong somewhere. We don't know what it was. We don't know what happened. But we know something must have happened because of what happened to Onesimus the slave. Now, the King, King James Version of the Bible calls on a servant. The NIV calls him a slave. The ESB calls him a bond servant. So Philemon owned a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus had run away. Now, I believe, and a lot of, a lot of Bible students believe he was a bond servant. Now, what is a bond servant? A bond servant was a slave who lived in the home and the house of, of his master. And the master treated him very, very well. He looked after him, he fed him, clothed him, possibly gave him a wee bit of money and allowed him to work you know, at his own pace type of thing. The slave, there were some laws, and we know tonight that Philemon was, was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. But he was a Christian Gentile. And some of the, 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 the moral uh, teachings of the Old Testament Jewish law was, were carried over into, uh, into, into Christianity. And one of, the, 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 one of the, the laws was about the slaves and the bondservant. A Hebrew slave was to be set free after six years with a generous support or a pension. Or at the, at the age, uh, every the year of Jubilee, every 50 years, all slaves were set free. But if the slave was happy where he was, and he loved his master, and he was well treated, he could decide to become a bond servant and not go free and stay and work for his master. Onesimus, and a lot of Bible teachers believe that Onesimus was a bond servant who had decided to stay where he was until something happened. We don't know what happened. But something happened to want to make him flee from his master. He left the home. He, he went. and he, 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 he. We don't know what happened. But something happened to make him want to go free. He flees and he catches a ship to Rome. Now it must have cost a lot of money. So we believe and there's a lot, there's a, a lot of um, teachers believe that he stole money from his master. So he, he fled. He stole money. He went and he sailed away from the master to seal away where he was because of whatever had happened. But you know, we know we can't run away from God. And tonight, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter if we're, if we're trying to hide ourselves, if we're trying to, to fool ourselves, or we're trying to fool God, we can never run away from God because not, God knows all about every one of us. And at the beginning, it got us all to stand up, and we all, we all have faults and failures. There's none of us any different from anybody else. But God knows about it, and he knows all about your problems. He knows all about your, fault, your faults and your failures. And there's forgiveness, and there's, there, there's, there's reconciliation with God. So Paul flees, catches his ship to Rome. He tries to run away from God, but there he, he meets the great apostle Paul. And Paul leads him to God. Paul leads him. He tells him the story about what happened. And remember, Paul knew, this, knew his master Philemon. So he tells him the story, what happened, and why he wanted to leave, and why he wanted to flee. And Paul writes, writes a letter to Philemon. He said, I'm going to write a letter, and I'm going to tell Philemon what he should do. The slave had met the apostle Paul. And he becomes a Christian. Paul composed a personal letter. One of the things that 
Onesimus said Philemon said about him he said he was useless to him so here he was a slave his master called him useless he ran away far from where he lived what a state he was in the slave becomes a Christian Paul decides to write a letter to Philemon that we read tonight this was a very very personal letter Paul states that although Philemon said Onesimus was useless, he is now a changed man. God had taken this slave, and God has saved him, and God had graciously made him a believer in Christ. And now, because he was a changed man, Paul began to know him, Paul began to love him, and Paul began to see he had great potential in Christ. You know, God looks at you and me tonight, And God doesn't look at our failures. God doesn't look at the things we've done wrong. God looks at you and he sees you through through the blood of Christ. He sees you through his son and he sees great potential. He sees an amazing um, amazing, uh, rebirth, an amazing uh, person that he has made through being born again. That's how God looks at you and me tonight. Now Paul says to Onesimus, Now I want you to go back to Philemon. Think of the challenges that this must have been. You think of the challenge of the the Apostle Paul when he got saved. The challenge the church had believing him. Here was a challenge that Onesimus had. Paul said, I want you to go back to your master. I want you to go back home. You can just picture Onesimus. You're having a laugh, aren't you? You want me to go back? You want me to go back there? Look what he did. He could have the power of the Roman law. If I go back to Philemon, he could have the power of Roman law used against me. I could be beaten, I could be in prison, and I could be killed. And then Philemon. When Philemon reads the letter, he would say, what, you want me to take this man back? Look at him, he went away, stole my money, he left me. How do I know we won't do the same things or worse? You see, I mentioned earlier, forgiveness is made of two things. To forgive someone, I believe forgiveness is a very easy thing to do. Because the Lord, as a command of God, we are to forgive one another, we are to love one another. And forgiveness is a very easy thing to do. The problem is the, the, the trust part of it. How do we know that it's not going to happen again? C.S. Lewis once said, everyone says forgiveness is a wonderful idea until he has to forgive something. When the apostle Paul got saved, the church had a hard time trusting him until God proved that he was and truly repentant and was saved, a child of God. And that was through Ananias. This is why Paul writes this letter to Philemon to show him that Onesimus was saved truly saved that he would be a great benefit to him in his ministry Paul actually said and we read this I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you I would have liked to keep him so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent. What was Paul saying to Philemon? Onesimus is such a good man. He could actually take your place in in, in ministry with me. That's what Paul was saying. Letting Philemon know that he was saved. He was a changed man. That he was going to be beneficial to him. In his letter, Paul promises to repay debt. Remember, Onesimus stole money. And Paul says, if he has done, if he has done, anything wrong, done you any wrong, or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this from my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. Paul says, listen, if he owes you anything, I'm going to pay it back. What does that remind you of? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, he paid a debt I could not owe. I could not pay. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. Jesus Christ paid the debt that you and I owed. He t- we deserved the wages of sin, which was death. 
and the Lord Jesus Christ took that. He was. He took that. He took those wages. He took death. He went through death for you and I because of His great love for us. Paul said, "I'm writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back." Not to mention, you owe me your very self. Philemon, remember what I did for you. Remember, Philemon, all you say, all you, you, you have said. In verse 9, in the letter, Paul says, Yet I, I, prefer, I, I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. You know, there was, it mentioned earlier on about Paul could have compelled or Paul could have made, made Philemon do something about it. But he said, I don't want to do that. I want to, you to do it because of love. And Paul says, no longer a bond servant, but a, no longer as a bond servant, but more than a bond servant, as a beloved brother in the Lord. No longer a slave. But better than a slave, as a dear brother, he is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and brother in the Lord. Paul emphasizes in his letter how the gospel changes relationships between believers so that no power, no longer lords, teacher over disciple, elder over younger, free citizen over slave, but rather how every believer is a fellow brother and sister to be treated graciously. Knowing Philemon's understanding of the gospel, his hospitality and his love for all the saints, Paul was confident that Philemon would be welcomed back. After Philemon received this letter, he not only forgave Onesimus, how do we know that, but also sent him back to the Apostle Paul in Rome. You see, because of this personal letter, is included in scripture. We have it. We can read this letter time and time again. One can assume that Philemon did indeed forgive Onesimus. Paul was writing to him. And he said, listen, you've got a great testimony. The people know that you love them. The people, you're, you're, you're refreshing the hearts of the people. Now, you need, you need to step up and you need to prove what you're doing. And accept this man back. He, basically, Paul said, he is as beneficial to the church as you are because of the grace and love of God. And tonight, you and I, we stood at the beginning of this service and we prayed for this service. And then I said, if, if you have, if you've done anything wrong, sit down. And every single one in this hall sat down. Because we all know there's none of us perfect. We've all got faults. We've all got failures. But God is able to take you where you are in Christ. God knows where you are. God knows if you're saved. And listen, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you know that you need Jesus Christ in your heart. You take a look around this world and see what's happening in this world. This world is a disaster because of what's going on in it. But thank God, our God is in control. And he is able to, he, if you trust him tonight, if you put your trust in all you can, give him your heart and your life, and trust him with all your life, he will bring you through every situation that, that you face. Thank God. <coughs> Paul said, at the very beginning, I'll just read this out. I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do. I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. Philemon knew the teachings of Jesus Christ. He knew what, what, what the teachings of Jesus Christ were about conflict. And if you want to know what it is, you read Matthew chapter, 8, Matthew chapter 18. That tells us how to deal with conflict. But Paul said, I could, I, could, uh, I could order you to do this through the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I don't want to do that. I want you to show love. Because you have a testimony of loving the people. You have a testimony of, of blessing the hearts of the people. Refreshing the hearts of the people. And I, Paul said, I know you will do more than I ask because of your great love. How do we know about Onesimus? Church history tells us after Philemon received the letter, 
He forgave Onesimus, took him, up, took him back as a, as a brother, as a, sir, as a, a, a brother in the Lord, uh, and they worked together. After Philemon was consecrated as bishop of the city of Gaza, after the martyrdom of the apostle Paul, Onesimus, according to, uh, to St. Ignatius' teaching, church history, Onesimus served the apostles until the end, and he was made a bishop, an elder in the church. Here was a slave who was useless. His master said he was completely useless. And God took that man and God transformed that man and God saved him and raised him up to be a great man of God who eventually was one of the leaders of the church. After the death of the apostles, he preached the gospel in many lands and cities in Spain, Carpathia, Colossia and Patras. In his old age, Onesimus occupied the bishop's throne in Ephesus. He was the bishop of the, of the an elder in, in Ephesus. After the apostle Timothy, Onesimus was the bishop of Byzantium from the year 54 to 68. When they took St. Ignatius, the God-bearer, to Rome for execution, Bishop Omnisius came to meet him with all the Christians. St. Ignatius mentions it in his writings in the epistle to the Ephesians. Church history teaches that God did amazing work with this man. And never, never think you're useless tonight, church. Never think that God can't do anything with you. God can do amazing things with every single one of you. Because he's an amazing God. And all we simply have to do is have faith and trust in him. How do we know? You know, we, we, come, we, we spoke about repentance. Uh, we, we spoke about forgiveness. And we've said forgiveness, there's two parts. There's the actual forgive, forgiveness and forgiving. And there's also the trusting. Whenever we come to God and we confess our sins, and we ask God for, to forgive us, he will forgive us. But how do we know that he will trust us? How do we know he, he can trust us not to do the things again? Because of the Holy Spirit of God in our hearts and lives. And that doesn't mean we won't fail. We will. That doesn't mean to say we won't do things wrong. Because we will. Because we're human. We're still sinful. But we have an advocate with the Father. Who leads us and guides us. And who, treat, and who prays, pray, interceding, praying for us. God, can, God forgives us. And listen church. God trusts us. To follow him. And to give give us to give him our lives. That's an amazing God that we have. That's an amazing salvation that we have. The three men, the Apostle Paul, had to prove himself to the church. Onesimus, through the testimony of the, of the Apostle Paul in the, in, in the letter, was able to prove himself to Philemon. And the Philemon threw again the letter to Paul, and, and, and Paul saying, you're, you've, got, you've got to stand up, and, and, and your testimony has to stand. You've got to, you've got to, walk, to walk the walk and talk the talk. You can, you love people, prove it by forgiving Onesimus. And the, all those things... Thank God through the scriptures we know happened because it was in the mighty plan of our God. Thank God he can do amazing things as do tonight. Never think you're too far gone. The slave who ran away was useless became one of the leaders of the early church because he forgave, because he repented and he forgave Philemon and Philemon became a great man of God as well because he forgave Onesimus and the, we have the, the, the writings of the Apostle Paul. Now there's another man there we'll have time to go into tonight and it's mentioned at the end and the man, the man was Mark, John Mark and that's an amazing story. I was actually thinking of, of speaking about him until, until this but that's an amazing story about the man John Mark who, who ran away from Paul who caused a, a, a split in the church and who God brought back and who was given the privilege of writing one of the four biographies of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Gospel of Mark. An amazing story. How God can take people, even though they fail, even though they run away, even though they do things, God can take people and change them and use them in a mighty way. Thank God tonight. Praise God. Wonderful Savior. Thank the Lord Jesus. Let's just pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we... Thank you tonight for your word.
And we pray that the power, the anointing of your Holy Spirit will drive it to us, Lord, and we'll give you all the praise. Bless your word tonight. Bless your church tonight. We'll pray, Lord, you meet the need for every situation in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before, just before I sit down, just to remind you that Tuesday night's prayer meeting is off. There's some wedding or something happening, is there? There's a, the, the prayer meeting on Tuesday night is actually on Wednesday night at half past seven. So God bless you. I hope to see you there. Amen. Church, let's stand and worship together. in prayer. I know I'm not suitably dressed, but I've been away at the uh, Rock Nations Youth Conference. A thousand young people in church worshipping God. It has impacted our young people here, um, spiritually, not physically, because they've all gone home to bed. Uh, but they've gone home to bed because they're away again tomorrow on the Pulse Youth Camp, which is the CCI Youth Camp. 300 young people from all over Ireland meeting down in Mullingar. We really want to pray for these next five days, uh, these young people uh, here. It's an amazing conference there, but we're believing for better for this week as they go down. Their pastor Reese is already down there. Uh, he, he's gone down with the team organising it. Um, I would just want to thank those leaders that are away at Rock Nations that gave up their time, their holidays, their work time and days off and everything to come to Rock Nations, to Rebecca Hughes and Evan 
and Claire Lama and Athena, uh, just the impact that they had on the young people uh, while they were, the sacrifice they made. So we really appreciate what they did. This week going away, Evan is a glutton for punishment. He's away again this week. And Rebecca's away this week and Denise is away. So we really want to pray uh, for the, the leaders as well as they go away to the Pulsion Camp. Thank you, Jackie, for your word tonight. And also I want to, obviously, Glenn and Esther are getting married this week. So um, we, we, we want to pray for Esther and Glenn. We want to pray for Esther in particular because... <laughs> Esther, you can't get in the car and go home anymore. I always want to pray for the two of them this week. We love to see, we love to see Christian young people get married. Love to see them get married to each other. Uh, so, it's uh, so important and stuff. This is stuff, uh, you'll be surprised, this is the stuff we pray for. He says we want Christian young people to get married, to marry each other. So we're going to pray a blessing uh, upon them. Uh, for from the church uh, for this week let's just take a moment to pray father we thank you father god even before church tonight father the salvation of another soul another person's eternal destiny changed even before we did church tonight father you are moving we are seeing people saved in homes before church young people at conferences and father we're so excited to be part of what you're doing but we do come back and we say thank you we thank you for your word tonight father god that there is none that is useless in your kingdom father god we thank you for your servant who brought the word tonight pray a blessing upon him father father as we come to this week we pray for two things in particular we pray for the young people away at the pulse youth camp god that you would move in a great and mighty way on the lives of these young people father god as they come from all over uh, ireland both northern ireland and southern ireland father god uh, that this whole ireland needs change for you lord and we pray for them father this week for those leaders going down for those young people that are there father god we pray for them tonight we pray for glenn and esther Thank you for this lovely couple. We pray for them, Father God, for their special day on Tuesday, Father God. Would you bless them, not just on Tuesday, Father, but just for the rest of their married lives as I make these promises and commitments to each other, Father God. Father, with you at the center, we thank you for them and pray your blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.